Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. It is Monday, September 27th, and Monday means SEC Talk with me, your host, David Ubbin, and my co-host, as always, Andy Staples, a host, or a co-host so good, they named the feed after him, and the Andy <laughs> Staples and Friends feed. We are here, it's Football and Grits Monday. Andy, a lot happened last weekend, we'll talk about some of it, but the month, the first month of the season has been so... Uh, Interesting, I would say surprising in some ways, that we got a surprise giant weekend of football. Two undefeateds uh, facing off in two separate games. A massive weekend of football. Alabama and Ole Miss going to tangle in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas making a trip down to Georgia. Let's start with the Tide. I think this will be the most fun game of the weekend. Uh, Ole Miss, 14.5 point underdogs in that ball game. Uh, they lost last year by 15, but that was one of the more entertaining games of the entire 2020 season. I, I feel like the Ole Miss defense and Alabama's offense being not otherworldly just yet, I think that the Ole Miss can hang in this. That that number feels a little high. Um, Where do you stand on, on this? I, I think Ole Miss's defense has improved enough to make this a little bit more competitive. Well, yeah, and not Devontae Smith, not Jalen. Was was Waddle still there when they played? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think I so. I, I think he still healthy. I, I think he got yeah. hurt in the Tennessee game, and that was like yeah, game so, three. Mm-hmm. So Alabama does not have the firepower they had last year when they torched. Yeah, Ole they're Miss. not going to score sixty in this game. They're just not. They're not going to score sixty points in this ball game. Ole Miss still has Matt Corral, who just I, that was the game we really realized how good Matt Corral was because. I think in the Florida game, we weren't really sure. That was their first time running that offense in a game. So you didn't mm-hmm. you didn't quite know. You you saw some flashes in that Florida game last year where, okay, this guy could be pretty good. Against Alabama, you realize, wow, okay, he is really good. And not only does he have a great arm, he's a good athlete. He can move around. He can sense pressure in the pocket. He can get out and, and get you a first down with his legs if he needs to. And 
he kept things under control in this game. You know, the, the thing with Matt Corral as the season went on last year was the two games with all the interceptions. But against Alabama, he wasn't like that. You know, he, he was on mm-hmm. target. He wasn't trying to force things. And I think that's that's the thing. It it seems like he's that's settled he's settled into that being his normal. And if that's the case, then I think we're gonna have a really good game here because you know, as as well as Emory Jones played for Florida in the second half of their game against Alabama, Matt Corral's better. You know, Matt Corral yes. may be the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. I would I would venture to say that, that this will be the best quarterback Alabama sees the rest of the season. And I'm including if they make the playoff. So Except when they're practicing, possibly. <laughs> I would venture Alabama. that this will be the best quarterback Alabama sees the rest of the season, including right. when they practice. All right. I yeah, think you're Bryce probably Young, right. Bryce I think it'll be good. close. He's not where Matt Corral is right now. I would probably agree with you. I think, uh, it, you know... You have obviously the two Heisman frontrunners going head to head right now. Um, I, I like I said, I, I think this is going to be probably the most fun game of the Big Twelve or of the uh, of the SEC season uh, thus far. Maybe I mean last year, if you look at that game, if you think about it, I mean how many games were more fun than the than the hundred and eleven point explosion that those two played uh, in Oxford? That was that was incredible. The SEC and I think we're not going to get quite probably there. probably was it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, uh, we're not going to get 111 points, I don't think, this week. <laughs> I think Alabama's defense, they fixed a lot of things later in the season last year. Ole Miss caught them at a really good time, I think, as well. Um, but this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think you got, you, again, you know, you mentioned uh, Matt Corral. He can do everything. At this point, he hasn't really shown any uh alarm signs. I mean, he can do everything. He's got complete control of that offense. They have defenses on their heels. Constantly uh guessing, they spread the field really well. They're getting guys in space. They're getting guys open when they're open, Corral's hitting them. You know, I, I, this is going to be a huge test for for both of these teams because I think not only are these two really fun offenses, but I, I still think uh you know, we'll see um you know, how Florida and, and Ole Miss's defense is uh you know, hash out, but these are still going to be two of the better defenses that they've seen so far this season. Uh, it's going to be a test for both of these guys, and and this ball game, you know, like I said, we, we were talking about it last week, and now that it's getting closer, I just can't wait because it, you know the one the one thing that that uh, you know is is rough in college football sometimes is there's a lot of games that aren't that fun um, that can have some fun moments, but you don't go in wondering what's going to happen or uh, you know this could go a number of ways. Um, but this is going to be one of them, I think, and this is going to be a game that is going to be, uh, uh, you know, certainly worth a lot of the hype, uh, I would say. And, and I really want to see I mean, this Alabama defense. This is going to be a huge test for them. I think a bigger test than the Florida game, uh, of course, and uh, and and we'll see if they can pass it. Well, remember that Lane knows what drives Nick Saban defense is crazy. He's he's seen <laughs> it from the inside out. He knows they don't like when you go high tempo on them especially when you flip when you change when you can change formations while going high tempo if you watch that game last year there are a lot of moments where they'll run a third and six play they'll gain four yards it's fourth and two they don't look at the sideline they don't even think about it they're going for the fourth down and mm-hmm. maybe they lined up in, in trips to one side uh with with, with four receivers in a back 
on that four, on a third down play. On the fourth down play, they're gonna they're gonna line up tight. Uh, two guys are gonna be acting like attached tight ends. They're still gonna be a back. It drives a defense insane because they don't know how to line up. They don't know where the run fits are. It's and it, it all happens so fast. And Oklahoma, or Oklahoma, Ole Miss practices it so fast that and, and that's the thing. They've had a full off season to do this. When they were doing it last year, they were still getting used to it. So mm-hmm. that's that's the part where I remember talking to Lane about this last year. He always when when he worked for Nick, Nick told him to go study a bunch of up-tempo offenses because remember lane wasn't an up-tempo guy when he got to alabama either uh lane was was, steve sarkeesian was experimenting with it at at washington and lane had looked into it and and was looking at at some of the stuff that that sark had been doing and and liked it but nick saban said look at some other stuff too and and the one offense that lane really liked was the baylor one which Jeff Levy was was working at Baylor at the time, the, the current Ole Miss offensive coordinator. But what he liked about it was it allows you to run the ball and get some cheap, easy yards even when you don't have a physically superior offensive line to the defensive line you're playing. And I think that's, that's the thing that, that you see them do a lot. If you see them hit a long pass, you can almost guarantee they're going to gain at least five yards on the ground on the next play. Like, that is mm-hmm. a staple of that offense. If, if you hit a play, they're going, they're lining up and they're running something simple inside zone, outside zone, something like that. And they're going to get yards. And Jerry Ely is kind of the perfect back for that too. And Snoop Connor is pretty good at that too. You know, Snoop Connor, if, if he, you get him in a, in a low box count and there's one guy he's got to deal with, he may be stiff arming that guy into the earth and, and going. So it's a challenge yeah. for Alabama's defense to deal with that kind of tempo and speed and, uh, and the different things they can do out of the tempo. You know, Florida, not a huge tempo team, but they were they were kind of going fast as as that second half went on because it, they knew they could gain some yards on them. They knew they were they were getting that defense tired. But what Ole Miss can do is they can get you tired. They can gain those yards on the ground, but they can also hit you deep. And I think that's that's the challenge, not just for for Alabama, for every defense that plays this team. So, and, and then Alabama's offense, they're going to need to match them score for score. And I, I have a ton of faith that Bryce Young will be able to do that. I, I mean, we we've seen him so far this year be very very competent, you know, bordering on outstanding, and and he's probably going to get to outstanding by the the end of the season. Yeah, and I think the the receivers have a lot to prove. I, I think. It's been really interesting over the last, uh, I don't know if you'd say a decade, but, you know, seven or eight years, that that Baylor offense is everywhere for a reason, because uh, it's really good, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really well-designed offense, um, and people and it's, want it's it. It's easy because to teach. It's, it's, it's simple yes. to run, but it's hard to It's defend. a numbers game. It's a numbers game. You see it. There's a, there's a number of things they do out of it. Like you said, they want to pound you. If you don't put enough guys in the box, and they have a numbers advantage there, they're going to pound you. If you want to stack the box... And you want to play, you know, your your safeties inside. They're going to throw that screen, and the receivers are going to block you as hard as they can down to the field. And and you might get five easy yards. They might break a tackle and go for fifty. And then if you want to sneak up on them uh, and only have one high safety, you know, they're going to have really fast receivers on the outside, like an Elijah Moore, like they don't have this year. Quite the same uh, guy taken off the top, but still, that speed on the outside can help you. And they're going to throw it over your head. And it's it's not quite that simple, but it's kind of that simple. It's well, just, what, the, where the, do they the have secret, the numbers? The secret to that offense that that 
a lot of coaches just wouldn't accept and, and wouldn't want to do is they put the receivers outside outside the numbers and sometimes mm-hmm. on both sides. And so they make you they make you stretch the entire width of the field pre-snap. You know, a lot of up-tempo offenses and spread quote unquote spread offenses may go from one hash mark to one side of the to one sideline. They go sideline to sideline when they line up. And basically that forces your safeties to tell the offense what your defense is going to do. And there aren't many defenses that have the athletes to disguise something when they're in that situation. Alabama mm-hmm. is one of them, though. So that the difference is Alabama, if they're comfortable with their corners going one-on-one, they can disguise some stuff. They can try to trick Matt Corral into something. That That's where it gets really interesting, and that's where Alabama being Alabama can help them here. Yeah, and I, I think that's – a dangerous game because Matt Corral is so experienced uh, and is so accurate. And of course you have to account for his legs. And then you mentioned it. We throw the tempo in there as well. I mean, it's just, it's a huge test and we see a lot of places running the Baylor scheme. I'm trying to think, I mean, I don't think anybody has the, obviously the quarterback talent, um, maybe the skill position talent, but the, uh, Ole Miss is running it at the highest level uh, yes. right now. I mean, well, and, and there's a, there's a mixture with Arkansas, what, what, probably number two, maybe. Yes, but there's a mixture with what Lane used to do. It's mm-hmm. not entirely like this does not look like when Art Bryles coached at Baylor. There there mm-hmm. are things that they do that Art Bryles never would have done. And I, I, I think this is and this is sort of a nod to Nick Saban as well. I, I think about what Nick Saban has done offensively. And I realize Nick Saban is a defensive coach, but the thing that Nick Saban has done over the last seven years offensively is he has said, This is the Alabama offense. We are hiring you, whoever offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, Mike Loxley, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, Bill O'Brien. We are hiring you to run the Alabama offense. Whatever you ran before, great. If you've got some wrinkles you'd like to throw in here, absolutely. We'll take them. But this is what you're going to, you're going to learn this and they already know it and you're going to run it with them. And I think that's what Lane is trying to do a little bit because he didn't, he ran a similar offense. He worked with Kendall Bryles at, at FAU. So he, he, we know he likes this, but he's also added his own flavor to it and his own twist to it. Some of the things they did that were more quote unquote traditional at Alabama. And I think that makes you more dangerous because a lot of times these scheme, you know, when it's just the scheme, people get, well, this is what we do. Mike Leach is a prime example. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Lane and Lane and Nick are like, well, this is what we do until we need to do this, and now we're going we're capable of doing all of it, so we're just going to do this now. That's it, it's how you win championships. You win championships by being able to beat people multiple ways. Yeah, and I think too, you know, to go back to Corral for a bit, I think he he has the right attitude for this offense. You can see it in his play. You can see it in the way that he carries himself. You can't be afraid in this offense. No, you're going to throw it downfield a bunch. You got to be able to say, oh, that guy has a sliver. I love my guy. I'm chucking it 40 yards downfield, 50 yards downfield because, you know, that's what this situation calls well, for. And, th- and that's quick decisions that's, and, and play with a lot of swagger. And you see that with him. And I think it matches Lane as well. That's why Lane didn't crush him after the six interception game against Arkansas last year because he didn't want him to be in his own head when stuff like that happens, when, when a receiver pops open, he doesn't want Corral thinking, well, maybe I'm going to throw an interception here. He wants him to just play loose and, and play 
with an understanding that, all right, I'm the best quarterback on the field. That guy's open. I'm going to hit him. And I think it's helped them play faster and, and more. It's made the offense more organic. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to play against a level of, de- of defender that they have not seen this season. So yeah. you know, perhaps, perhaps what we've already seen is just a result of who they've played. But the thing is, when they played an Alabama defense last year that had a, a bunch of draft picks all around, I mean, Patrick Sertan's a, a first-rounder, Barmore was a second-rounder. Uh, there, there were a lot of good players in the Alabama defense last year, and they seemed to have very little trouble moving the ball on them. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt Corral, Andy, uh, I'm going to break some news right now. We'll be joining you on the Andy Staples Show later this week. Uh, he is. He will be in your feet on Wednesday. I don't know if you knew this or not, Andy, but he is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I think our listeners will enjoy that. I will be listening to it. Um, I, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think people will uh, be entertained. Uh, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some I'm gonna send you some off the wall questions to keep him off balance, like he keeps defenses off balance. How's that? I, I think that would be excellent. I I do. <laughs> Although the people who listen to Saturday Night Show know that we've already recorded it, but we we've got some uh, we've got some good okay. we've got some good questions. There there are some. I, I there was one thing I was particularly fascinated by, and he had a great answer for it. So uh, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a lot of fun when you get to hear it. I'm excited to see this quarterback matchup because Bryce Young, first-year starter, has been phenomenal so far. I think by the time he reaches the point that Matt Corral is in his college career, that Bryce Young is going to be kind of in the same place. So this is yeah. this is going to be a great shootout to watch. I think it's going to be a little bit different in the other marquee SEC game this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, Andy, we need to hit on this because uh, I don't really pay that much attention to the, the opening lines all that much. But 18 and a half points, Arkansas going down to Georgia. That felt a little disrespectful. That was the first word. I, I thought even five points to A&M. That felt like a I, – I, I liked Arkansas to win that game on Saturday. I felt like it felt like a pick em. Texas A&M, it wasn't, I, I just didn't believe that Texas A&M was going to wake up and be like, hey, our offense is fixed. We're going to score 30 this week. And they, I felt like they needed to do something like that um, to win that ball game. Now, Arkansas, obviously, they, they had a banged-up offensive line coming into the A&M game. Uh, Traylon Burks was hurt. K.J. Jefferson was hurt. Um, you know, it, there's certainly some questions there. But 18.5 points, um, the way that Arkansas's defense is playing – 
I, I, you know, people talk about the Arkansas offense, talk about KJ Jefferson. I think people are sleeping on Arkansas's defense a little bit. I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game. Um, I think Arkansas can slow them down. Um, but Andy, where do you stand on this? Three touchdowns. I think it comes down to, to how well does JT Daniels handle pressure? Uh, Mm-hmm. Troy Williams really made Zach Calzada nervous on Saturday. Troy Williams was in his face quite a bit. Arkansas did yeah. such a good job rushing three. I, you know, this is not something that that I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to do this a ton against Georgia, but it is a nice thing to have in your toolbox where you can rush three and occasionally get some pressure, or you cover well enough that the quarterback moves around some. And one of your your rushers pops free. And then what what Arkansas would do to Calzada was they'd run a safety right at him once that happened and force Mm -hmm. him to throw. And a lot of times it was not a a great throw. It was usually a pretty bad throw. And fortunately, actually, fortunately for A&M, it didn't result in more interceptions. It didn't result in him throwing directly to a DB who was kind of hiding back there. So, you know, it's going to be up to JT Daniels to know where his, his guys are to understand that there are going to be moments when they drop a bunch of people. And, you know, if, if George's offensive coaches were, were watching this and if Todd Munkin was watching the A&M Arkansas game closely, he might have been screaming at his television, run the damn ball, Jimbo. I was thinking the exact because, same thing, especially the way that A&M is, is, now, uh, is, look, is, is made. Not, every, not everything A&M tried to do on the ground was successful. There were times when they could not open a hole. But Isaiah Spillow was such a, is such a patient runner that there would be moments where they couldn't open a hole, and he'd still pick his way through for three, four yards. And then when the yeah. hole did open, boom, he was gone. And A&M, it felt like, didn't really keep trying to do that. They kept trying to throw the ball. They'd get called for holding. They'd get behind the chains. And then Arkansas mm-hmm. got you. When, when, you're, when, you're on th- when you're running third and 20, of course, Barry Odom is going to do what I just described with the rushing three and the dropping eight. So it'll be different with Georgia because I think Georgia will be a little smarter about staying ahead of the chains. Georgia yeah. is going to try to run the ball. that They want to establish the run. There may be some vulnerability there uh, because you know Arkansas has really good linebackers, really smart linebackers. They, they fill space. But the thing is, if Georgia can just cover them up with linemen in the run game, they might be able to to start moving the ball. And when you're running second and four, third and two, well, there's not as much Barry Odom can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they approach it. Like I said, I don't think they're going to see them. You're going to see them drop eight as much. I think the. Uh, that that drop eight approach, it seems like they were hiding it pretty well, but AM didn't seem to to want to to lean on it as much. But Calzada, it was basically like saying, "Hey, Calzada, come beat us." We don't think that you yeah. can, and they were right. And for a, from the A and M perspective, I'm wondering, you know, again, I just have a hard time believing that even if you're trying to run into a wall and you keep getting in, you know, third and eight, third and nine, and it's not working, it's not working. I I just feel like you have a better shot of eventually popping one or moving it more than asking Calzada to stand and dance around for eight seconds while he gets rushed and then, you know, throw a ball, you know, on a on a broken play half the time where there's guys running and he may not see a guy. It just seemed like I'm taking my chances on trying to run the ball uh, up against the wall than trying, especially if you have a soft box, uh, instead of trying to ask Calzada to throw the ball. 
I mean, 36 pass attempts to 17 rush attempts for your backs. That is reversed. <laughs> I, 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 that's not a winning formula for A&M. It well, especially, especially when, he, when he has shown you he's not going to win you the game. Yes. Like he he yes. basically shown you for an entire for three entire quarters that he's not going to win you the game. So try to win the game another way. And mm-hmm. now the difference is I, I think JT Daniels may be able to win Georgia the game in this situation. Yes. And Brock Bowers has been fantastic. You know, I, I think when Darnell Washington went down, the thought was, well, what's Georgia going to do? Do they have a tight end? How are they going to handle this? Brock Bowers has been awesome. When they get assuming they're going to get Darnell Washington back. It's scary to think what that offense is going to be able to do with two tight ends in the game. Uh, Jermaine Burton is, is, is starting to pick up. Uh, you know, Lad McConkey in the slot. They, they have guys. Marcus uh, Rosemey Jackson has, has not really come on yet, but, you know, he, he got hurt, I think, in the Florida game last year, and it took him a while to, to really get back. But they're starting to really show you what kind of weapons they have offensively at Georgia. I don't know that they've necessarily got them completely where they need to be, but you know, you, you've got Zamir White and James Cook averaging 5.6 yards a carry, both of them. I think you're feeling pretty comfortable right now if you're Georgia, especially because that defense is going to make you feel comfortable. If KJ Jefferson is somewhat limited in the run game, that that's a problem for Arkansas because yeah. Hit, you the saw it in the of, second half when, when they yeah, the, when they the, tried to bring him back in and it was just like, well, this is not yeah. going. They literally pulled him. He was still playing when he couldn't really move, and they yep. pulled him. I mean, in part because he's in pain, but in part because I think it, they they couldn't run their full offense. Well, he and he made he made some really good throws when they put him in there very at the very end when they needed mm-hmm. to make some throws to get get the game salted away. But the the thing is, the threat of him running also helps Arkansas's backs tremendously. If Georgia knows there's not much of a threat of the quarterback running. And maybe maybe they do that. Maybe they bring Hornsby in. But the problem is if they bring Hornsby in, you know Hornsby's there to run. So it's really, is Hornsby keeping or is the back keeping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Hornsby can throw. They like him. But I, I, was, I was kind of amazed. I think my question on him is, I was kind of amazed that they clearly didn't trust him on Saturday. And if you have, and maybe that's maybe that's a preparation thing. If you I, know, I, this I think week, that was the hey, right call. You didn't want to take her a lot yeah, of risks. Well, certainly situational. Yeah, yeah, situationally. If if A and M was going to get back in that game, where their offense was going to play, they're going to do it with a turnover. You got to limit that. My question is, this situation is going to be different. This game flow, or, uh, this game flow, is going to be a little bit different. More than likely, you're probably not going to be nursing a two touchdown lead against Georgia. But do you package some stuff in? And and have some packages where Hornsby is throwing. I can. I think I think you you throw everything in the in the playbook at them. It's your only yeah. chance. Like you go all yeah. out. You say this line feels insulting. I'm not sure. It, like everybody keeps saying, oh, Clemson's offense ba- is bad. That means Georgia's defense must not be as good as we thought it was. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. No, Georgia's both defense true, I think. is <laughs> as good as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. That that we know. So Georgia and Georgia and Bama, I think, are one two for the best defenses in the country right now. Clemson probably, yeah. I don't know, maybe top ten, top five. Yeah, well, Clemson's two D tackles are out. You know, Georgia yeah. Georgia and Bama's best players are still on the field. So yeah. I listen, you you're going to have and this is I'm talking to Arkansas, I'm talking to Florida, I'm talking to Auburn, I'm talking to everybody that's gonna play Georgia. Whatever you've got, empty it out with them. Because 
you're going to have to try to hit them with something that surprises them. Because if you just try to man up and overpower them or man up and throw it over them, you're not going to. Jordan Davis is going to eat you. <laughs> That's what's going to yes. happen. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina. <laughs> like we, we, we laughed at what Shane Beamer said. Shane Beamer was not wrong. Like, 100% correct. There were, there were plays for South Carolina where against somebody else, that play, it's a, you know, a run play would have gained 10 yards, and it just gains two against Georgia. It, you, have to, you almost have to treat it like you would calling an NFL game, a, a game against an NFL defense. Like, mm-hmm. If you've ever watched an NFL game from field level, it's very different than watching a college game from field level. Like in a college game, when the hole opens up, you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a big play. And the back will run through, and they'll run for like 10, 15 yards, 20 yards, or maybe even take it all the way. In an NFL game, when the hole opens up, you're like, wow, that what a huge hole that is. Two-yard game. Like, because mm-hmm. that's how fast <laughs> everybody else is. And mm-hmm. that's what you're dealing with when you're, when you're playing Georgia. So uh, Arkansas will have to, to let it hang a little bit on offense. But defensively, that's where Arkansas might be able to make some progress, might be able to make Georgia make a mistake, might be able to to make a play that that flips field position, that changes the tone of the game, that changes momentum. I I, I think Arkansas has a puncher's chance in this game, but I don't I do look too. at the line. I don't look at the line and say, "Well, that's unrealistic." Like I could see Georgia beating them by that much too. I think they could. Uh, I don't think they will. I think the question that we have to ask with Arkansas, Andy, is it seems like every step of the way this season, it's like they beat Texas. And like, well, that's a nice win, but like Texas didn't look very good. I guess Texas isn't that good. I mean, Sam Pittman kind of alluded to it a little bit in the post game. He said, well, I'm sure there are people that are going to say, well, Texas can't be that good because Arkansas beat him. And now people are going to say, well, Texas A&M can't be that good because Arkansas beat him. He's like, but I think they're both pretty good. Texas looks like probably the best team in the Big 12 right yeah. now, or at least close to it. Uh, they're, they have, I mean, part of it is, you know, how much of that is not playing Arkansas's defense? How much of that is switching quarterbacks? Time will tell. We'll see. It's yeah, tough to know. I, if, I, I would love to have seen Casey Thompson the whole game against Arkansas to see yeah, if that made a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not sure it would have changed the result. I think Arkansas might, might still win that game. You know? It would have been closer, but I don't think it would have changed the result. Yeah. I was so, surprised when Hudson Card won that, won that job anyway, well, but they seemed to like him, but it didn't, it didn't work out. Arkansas is good. Let, let, let's, let's just put that debate to rest right now. There, there's no debate about that. Arkansas is good. Not good for Arkansas. They're just good. Now, here's yeah. the problem. The SEC West is what it is. The schedule is going to catch up to you if you don't have depth. You know, we, they're at, they just played A&M. They're, they're physically banged up from that game. Now they're at Georgia. Next week they're in Oxford. Like, it's, it never yeah. stops. It's just, and then they're, they're, they play Auburn right after that. You know, so they, they get Arkansas Pine Bluff out of it. But think about that, A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn. Like, if you go two and two in that stretch, if, if you would have come to someone at Arkansas before the season and said, Will you be pleased with two and two in that stretch? They would have been over the moon yeah. with two and two in that stretch. I mean, I think people were thinking, hey, let's get to a bowl game this year at Arkansas. I think that was like, I, I you know, this team's going to be better, but it's going to be tough to see because the schedule is what it is. Well, now they're just, they're just kicking it through. And, and I, you know, I'd be curious. We need to look, we need to look through their schedule and see where they'll be favored. You know, Arkansas obviously. Arkansas, right now Arkansas has one Pine of, Bluff, and maybe Mississippi State. 
those are the games. Well, we'll see with LSU because whatever we don't know yeah. what's going to happen to LSU between now and then. Yeah, there's a lot. But, there's a lot to play. But but and then Auburn. Let's see what happens to Auburn. They Arkansas may be favored against Auburn depending on. I think on Arkansas is a better team go. than Auburn. I, I think Arkansas is tough because you know if you know again people have been underestimating them sort of every single week. I think you know I think people they were a really trendy upset pick over A and M. Um, but people were still taking A and M a little more seriously, um, myself included, probably. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see. This week is a game where if you win this, sort of all all bets are off. Again, you still have a lot of good win. You have still have a lot of tough games ahead. Winning the West is still going to be difficult, um, but you still have a situation where you you can't really put a ceiling on what they can do. Now, where where do you rank Arkansas? Obviously. They have probably one of the three or four best resumes. That's why they're in the top ten. Um, you know, at least in the uh, in the media poll, I believe. Um, you know, when you look at what they've done, and when you look at what you know Notre Dame or uh, Oklahoma has done, it's a little insane that they're not above them. But that's just sort of what that's how polls work. Is Arkansas one of the ten best teams in the country? I don't know that I believe that just yet. But they're really good. They're probably all they, certainly all they one have of the to do is keep winning. I mean, if if yeah. if, if they win this week. I'll be perfectly honest. If if you're if you're a poll voter, if if Arkansas goes to Athens and wins, you should rank Arkansas number one. Like you should. They would have. Why would you not? That's insane. In it would. That would be. Yes. That would be an easy. And and you could say, well, what Alabama's better? Okay, well, and then they play Alabama, and we'll figure that. Yeah, out. Yeah, eventually. But, yeah, I'm with you on this. The the, the listen. I, I'm I've made my peace with it because the polls are so irrelevant that they don't affect anything anymore um, yeah. until we get the committee in there. But the the polls have been. I feel like especially stupid this year in a lot of ways. In a lot of like, see, I don't, uh, I don't even look at know, the polls anymore. Like, I had somebody, up. I had somebody text me like, "Guess there's not going to be any upsets other than uh, the Notre Dame beating Wisconsin, or what, what, maybe Wisconsin be, was it? Maybe Wisconsin beating Notre Dame." I'm like, that wouldn't be an upset. Wisconsin was favored. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and like, yeah, but yeah. Notre Dame's ranked higher. I'm like, rankings don't matter. Vegas, yeah, matters. They, yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. And I, I think it's it's going to be. Uh, I, I'm with you on this. Uh, I I that this is the issue is that you know I would personally never vote in the top twenty five just because it's I, we're busy enough, Andy. If anybody has written about college I, I was, football, the weekends are hard. I, 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 was I don't want to do a top twenty five on Saturday yeah, night. I would. Never I was do a voter it. from two thousand nine <laughs> through two thousand thirteen in the AP poll. It's annoying. It, it's just, you gotta it just—it sounds like a terrible. In. Ralph Russo's yes. texting you like, "Come on, where's your ballot?" <laughs> I just—I yeah, it, I have enough stuff. It's done. And the other thing is, there's very little separation between teams like twelve and twenty, and there's absolutely mm-hmm. no separation between teams twenty and forty. So, no. like, you, and you're gonna have people emailing you or tweeting at you, complaining. Well, you rank this team twenty-one, and my team's number twenty-three. Why is that? And well, the answer is, I don't really know. Don't really care. Uh, <laughs> they're all. They're all kind of bad if you ain't first or last. Yeah, I, I I will never vote in a top twenty-five, Andy. I will never do it. Uh, it seems miserable. But that said, um, the the tendency I understand it. There was one year. There was one year when I was at ESPN. We had to send in a top twenty-five. It was like our own little mini staff poll. Yeah, that was that was better because it wasn't due until like. I think we had to send it in like Mondays at like noon or something like that. The Saturday night is just is 
madness. Like it is madness. I, I I can't trying to do that. I'm already busy enough on Saturday nights. But well, and, the the tendency. So I understand the tendency for for, yeah. for voters to say, well, they didn't lose, so you can't drop them. No, you you can, you can. It's who's the best team. Yes, yeah. rank them. And when you're a beat writer, it's even worse because you've got to focus in on the team you cover, and yeah. when they're playing, and so you miss everything. That's played when they're playing, and you have to go back and. and you might out have seen out. ten of the top twenty-five then, team teams. That there may day. there may be a major story on your beat that that extends past, like maybe the starting quarterback got hurt, and so you are working on that story deep into the night and, and into the next morning. And you're just not or paying maybe, attention. To like else. maybe a linebacker quits mid game and sends expletive laden tweets. Not that that would ever happen, but like maybe that maybe he quits the team yeah. and 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 drops all that. Stuff. You can be busy. <laughs> That would never happen. That's like something out I'm, of the I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In theory. In theory. In theory. It certainly wouldn't happen to like hey, a major nationally relevant team. It would have to happen at like a they, certainly a they, way low G5 under the radar. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David, can we talk about I, I, this? Is crazy because I'm looking at the, the SEC schedule and there's there's a bunch of games we've yet to, to even broach that mm-hmm. are that would be the game that we couldn't stop talking about most weeks. Can we talk about a game where more than likely the quarterback who went through spring practice with the home team will be the starting oh, yes. quarterback for the visiting team? <laughs> so I, our our listeners, you can keep an eye out for a. TJ Finley story on the Athletic later this uh, later this week from yours truly. I, I like this is like movie type stuff. Uh, if you were not paying close enough attention, and if you weren't an Auburn and LSU fan, I would understand that. TJ Finley starts last year a whole bunch of games for LSU. Yeah, they they flipped I, there, including, including at Auburn where they got killed. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Anyway, so he starts a bunch of games there. Uh, they flip their offensive staff again. He goes through um, spring practice with LSU. He leaves in 
it was late May, June-ish. That was, uh, Andy, I'm not a calendar expert, but my sources tell me that was about four months ago. Yeah. And he uh, arrives and rescues Auburn from a deficit. He, uh, they he wasn't, bench, the, he wasn't uh, the only bonus. person who, who rescued Auburn. The, the, the <laughs> yes. replay booth might have rescued them, too. They might have had something to do with it as well. Either way, Auburn no longer hooked on Bonix. Um, but he is benched. Brian Harson wants to put some momentum in there. Can, can, can I ask uh, you the same question I asked Ari on, on Saturday night? Please do. Does Does Brian Harson have to be the new guy to bench Bo Nix? Like, if Gus is still there, is he not? Does he not feel like he's allowed to bench Bo Nix? <sighs> no, because of that situation, it wasn't going well. You were going to lose two to Georgia touchdowns. State. Okay, yeah, All you're right. down two touchdowns at Georgia State, and and. Nothing that you do in that situation when you're already down two touchdowns at Georgia State can make it worse. And it might make it better. And in this case, it, it obviously did. The miraculous sort of touchdown pass at the end where it looks like somebody was scoring a touchdown on that play, Andy. He was going to either fumble and Georgia State was going to take it to the house. Or, or I, I don't know. He should have been sacked like three different times on that play. It was insane. Was, that was one of the wildest plays of the weekend that I don't know got enough shine because it – like. Just insane. Uh, anyway, and so his it, right now it's still an open job, but considering how that ended, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brian Harson sort of soft plays and says we might play both of them. I don't know how you can't start TJ Finley, and he'll be going back. He's from forty minutes away from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, Andy, you're gonna have to help me out because I am not ca- Ponchatula. Ponchatula, yeah, that's right. All right, very okay. nice. All right, that's good. Anyway. But I think, you know, I'm writing about his decision to leave and, and Saturday night, which they had a very interesting Saturday evening, which we'll get into after the game. Um, but one of the things that, that, that uh, some people around him were talking about is, well, the concept was, well, he's scared of competition. He left the spring because he didn't think he was going to start. Well, then why do you think – why did he go to Auburn? You know, they're thinking big picture. Obviously, it's not like he didn't think he could win that job long, long term. But you know when you're going somewhere where you have a, a you know a third year quarterback entering the season and Bo Nix, um, you know somebody who's focused, having fun, all those things, uh, it, it seems like that wouldn't be you know the, the scared of competition thing doesn't really add up. And then when well, you T- come in, T.J. Finley had a better call. Uh, you come back and win. T.J. Finley had a better job, a better chance of playing at Auburn than he did at LSU before the Miles probably. Because remember, when he left, Miles Brennan was still healthy, and it was going to yes. be Miles Brennan or Max Johnson. And then the who, mm-hmm. whoever didn't get picked was going to be the backup. So at best, TJ Finley was number three. So he goes to Auburn where he's number two, and all he has to do is wait for Bo Nix to, to not perform, and then he's number one. So mm-hmm. They're thinking long-term, essentially. Yeah. But they were not expecting him to play this early. Um, but then he does, and, and it's a wild story. You, you rescue them from this, like, terrible loss that kind of comes out of nowhere that seems like sort of a letdown spot after the Penn State game and then your first start if he makes that start you know sort of a homecoming for him wild anyway Auburn and LSU uh that's gonna be a pretty good ball game I think we're gonna learn a lot about both of those teams because we're still not quite sure (laughs) what what either of those teams are uh we've seen uh, we've seen you know We've seen LSU look pretty good at times. We've seen them get bullied by a UCLA team that 
has lost to Fresno State, who's pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but still, UCLA. If you're UCLA, if you're a great team in the Pac-12, you should win that ball game. And Auburn, of course, we've seen them go toe to toe with uh, Penn State, blow some bad teams out, and then play a pretty average team in Georgia State and, and look like they were getting beat up. So these teams have been all over the map, but the storylines, uh, in addition to the actual football, are going to be fascinating, and you can read about it on The Athletic this week, Andy. Um, another ball game we haven't talked about yet, Kentucky. They've been the, the darlings um, of people like you and me for much of the offseason, the Liam Cohen experience. Uh, Will Levis, Wandell Robinson, Kentucky, another team that's looked a little shaky. Uh, they beat Missouri, who went up to Boston College and list. Yeah, well, they've looked pretty good. No, the Missouri, and the Missouri thing looked, was fine. I'm talking about Chattanooga and South Carolina. They did not. Oh, look I know. Very. Oh, good. I know. I know. But early in the season, they looked a lot better. Uh, you know, competition obviously has a lot to do with that. But if you're Kentucky, undefeated is undefeated. We'll see. And these are the games that, you know, if you're going to surprise people and be the second best team in the SEC East, which I think they're pretty clearly uh, the third best team in the SEC East. But if you're going to climb that ladder, these are the games that you have to win. Uh, I'm fascinated, you know, that you, obviously you, you get them uh, in your house. That game's in Lexington, correct? I'm not. It is. Uh, I don't have it the schedule in front of me. Yeah. So you have that. I mean, this is a, this is an interesting opportunity because you get Florida off of a couple uh, interesting home games, and you know, we'll see. I, I don't think they. I don't think they're going to win that game. I think they can. We'll see how. I mean, Florida brings their A game. They're not going to win that, or they're not going to. Kentucky's not going to win that game. Um, but uh, Kentucky's capable. We'll see. I think Florida got over their Alabama hangover in the at the end of the first half against Tennessee. I mean, they played a pretty mm-hmm. bad first half against against the Vols, but. Uh, managed to not <laughs> go down uh, 21-10 at, at, at halftime. I think it was, that's what it would have been. Um, and kind of flipped things around and then dominated the second half. I, I think Florida's going to be fine. We should see Anthony Richardson again, I think. But I think we're going to see Anthony Richardson in the Emory Jones as Chris Leak, Anthony Richardson as Tim Tebow. Not exactly the same dynamic because obviously Chris Leak and Tim Tebow were, were stylistically so different, but I think there will be a package for Anthony Richardson, but Emory Jones basically gets the full cheesecake factory menu. That is the Florida offense. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, should, should, uh, should Tennessee be insulted that Anthony Richardson did not play on Saturday night, Andy? Yes, probably. It means they didn't need him. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I, I, I was thinking now, the same you, thing when, when Van Mullen's talking all week, like, ah, oh, he's feeling good. He's probably going to be available. And then, it seemed like he was not in the game plan at all. It didn't seem like he was waiting his turn, and they just didn't get to the situation. It seemed like they had kind of said before the game, ah, you know. What's well, a soft tissue easy, thing? Man. You know, you want to make yeah. sure it has time to heal. And, and yeah, if you don't need it, don't use it. So yeah. that's, that's where High ankle sprains and hamstrings you do not mess around with because those you can extend those things. That can be season-long stuff that makes right. you have a, a really bad year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we'll you, see. You definitely want Anthony Richardson healthy as you get into the, the – the stretch they're coming up to and Kentucky was a game that at the beginning of the season looked like a, a big warning sign. Like this is, this is a problem. This is a potential trap. I don't know that it feels that way now. Cause I think first of all, everybody has been on Kentucky since the season started and, and saying this, mm-hmm. this team's good. Chris Rodriguez is great at running the ball. That line is going to block very well. Uh, their defense is probably not as good as it has been, but they will 
drag you into a rock fight and you need to be prepared for that. And I think yeah. the teams that play Kentucky now understand that. So I think Florida Florida's not going into the, this game going, well, we're just going to roll over. And plus, remember, Dan Mullen's first year, Kentucky came and whipped Florida at the Swamp. And that, was, that turned out to be a really good Kentucky team. That was the, the Benny Snell, Josh Allen team. The second year, they're in Lexington. This is the last time Florida's been to Lexington. And that's when Felipe Franks got hurt, and Kyle Trask basically had to come in and save Florida. So they, they are aware that Kentucky can push them. And so I don't think Kentucky surprises Florida at all. And then it probably just comes down to, okay, who's, who's the better team? Florida's probably still a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Kentucky defense, I mean, I don't know that South Carolina is a huge test. They, I'd be nervous if I'm Kentucky because this is a ball game that I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden they can't get Emory Jones down. You see Anthony Richardson get in there. There, there's a, there's a, there's an ugly Kentucky situation looming where, where the F word starts coming out uh, in fraud. If if Kentucky can't hang in this ball game, well, that's a possibility. And, and Emory Jones, I would say, has looked more and more comfortable with each passing series. In that offense. I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has just been the turnovers. If the turnovers weren't there, I'm not sure the complaints would be there. I mean, he's not right. going to go for 200 and 100 every single week. But if he's not throwing the ugly picks where he doesn't see the linebacker sliding underneath and throws it right, right in his chest, if he doesn't have some of that stuff, I, I don't think the complaints are quite as loud. Even if, okay, maybe he right. does have some limitations as a passer and all those things. But if you avoid the ugliness, if you avoid the – what was he thinking, you know, where your uncle is, you know, screaming through the television at him? I could throw a pick better. I could throw the ball better than that. If you don't have those situations, which we obviously didn't see against, uh, against Tennessee, you'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. But Kentucky's a defense that can force some of that. So we'll see. I, I think, you know, Kentucky, they're physical. They're going to want to make Emory Jones' eyes lie to him as much as possible. Um, but uh, that's going to be a, a fascinating ball game. Their defense, this is a game where they can – where they can say, hey, that first month we had some some ups and downs and all that stuff, but this is who we really are. Um, you know, Kentucky's even has looked pretty shaky. Uh, not as good. I think maybe part of that is expectation coming off of last year. Um, but I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they can hold up against the Florida offense that's that's putting up some numbers and, and is getting, you know, one of their best players back probably yeah. this week. And maybe they're maybe probably going to need if him. If they need him. Game. If they don't need him, maybe yeah. sit him again. I. I don't even know. I think that I think you probably want to play him some because you want to have him get some some more game experience before the the, mm-hmm. the biggest opponents on this. And there, well, there's one biggest opponent on the schedule that's that's yeah. coming up. But but let, let's. I, I am curious, David. We were armchair offensive coordinating the uh, the Aggies earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Are we sure they can score on Mississippi State? No. <laughs> I'm not sure they can score on anybody. I mean, they haven't. I mean, Colorado, you know, early in the season, it's like, well, you know, you don't really know who these teams are. Maybe Colorado, like, no, like they. No, Colorado they is not a good defense. That that was no, not like they're Colorado. not good. Yeah. Like, it is. It is a bunch of things. It is they're banged up on the offensive line. That's a problem. Um, they have Kenyon Green, but around him, you know, they have some patch. They have some 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 holes, and they're trying to patch things together. And it, it's not gone well. So you have that. That that I think is the biggest issue. That the offensive line. I mean, nobody is talking about the maroon goons this year. Like that's not been a no. topic of conversation. They've just been like a pretty average group with a first round pick that makes people think that they're much better than they really are. 
Then, of course, you have the quarterback injury. You know, they, you know, Haynes King, who knows how good he could have been, but when you don't have his legs, Calzada has looked like a statue fairly often uh, when he's not sort of floating to the sideline and trying to throw a ball, you know, into coverage, essentially. Um, he's looked at, he's gotten into some bad situations. So Haynes King, you don't have that. You don't have the running threat. You don't have the guy who won your quarterback job. That's been part of it. They obviously didn't have a game-breaking receiver, um, you know, coming in. They were going to live off their tight ends. You know, Jalen Weidermeyer's had an okay year. But when you're not explosive, and then you also can't really bully people at the line like you did the year before, I mean... If you add it all up, this shouldn't really be that surprising because right. when you aren't explosive and you lose your quarterback and your offensive line is not that good, then then you're just not a good offense. That's just yeah. what you are. Now, I, I will uh, say, and that's where Texas A and M is right now. That's where they're living. Their, their defense is built to to deal with this air raid offense. Yes. Like they, uh, the, the, the secondary the, is way underrated. Yeah, like the, their secondary has been fantastic. This the year. three the three they rush against Mississippi State probably is not going to let Mississippi State run the ball at all. And I realize no. that's not something Mike Leach is always looking to do, but they'll take the yards when they're there. They won't be there. So no. it's, it's going to be on Will Rogers to find holes in a drop eight bunch of really good athletes. And, and I don't know. I don't know. So this could be a really low scoring game. Like this could, I agree. this could, it's not 14, even 3 10 situation. <laughs> but but, but this, this could look like an old school, like, SEC, they play defense in the SEC. They don't play in it at <laughs> Andy. You should be wearing a trucker spread. hat when you say that. <laughs> I have like eighteen trucker hats in my closet. So you should be wearing a trucker hat with a dip in while you're saying, <laughs> David. This is all my relatives. Like uh, it's it's in me. I can I can switch into it pretty quickly. So. Like I, I have uh, just I, I have no complaints about spread offenses or games that end in a, in a fifty-four to forty-eight <laughs> final score, but just something in my genes will switch on every once in a while. Like oh, they just soft, they soft. Whatever happened? Football to game needs play. to end. Football game needs to end fourteen twelve. Andy, you should you should try to get uh, the Tennessee head coaching job. I'm told that there's some, some similar folks with some similar thoughts that have that have, think, have gotten I that think, job in the past. I, I, I believe, but I believe the decision makers that, that <laughs> feel that way have been purged. So I think that's probably you may be right off the table for me. <laughs> uh, I personally love 2008 college football in the SEC. Andy, uh, game of the century. With no touchdowns, yes. let's do it. <laughs> but, so if if you if you like that type of game, then Mississippi State A and M may be for you. Except it's going to be sixty five pass attempts for ten points. <laughs> right. That's that's what's going to drive everybody crazy. <laughs> that's going to be a problem. Is <laughs> both quarterbacks' arms are going to fall off in the process of, of a thirteen to ten game. <laughs> <laughs> that's truly. <laughs> That's truly going to be confusing for a lot of folks. <laughs> the air raid, baby. The air raid. Yeah, but I agree. A&M is, is really built to stop this. Uh, Andy, before we close, I'm going to give you a chance to yell at me uh, for my SEC power rankings. Okay. I will. If you guys have not seen them in our uh, takeaways, I don't know if I'm going to do them weekly. It just felt like with all the shuffling, we hadn't really talked about it. And there's sort of the question of, well, how good do you really think these teams are? So it was almost an exercise for myself. I'll start from the bottom and I'll go up, Andy. 
and yell at me if you hear anything. Vanderbilt, I think we can agree. Right, it feels, they got UConn very, this week. Who, I'm very good there. Yeah, they've got UConn this week, who I referred to as the inverse of Georgia. Um, congrats to them for See, not having if, if, if we, anymore. So if we forced prisoners to watch that game, does it violate their constitutional rights? I will be watching. I want to see that. Vanderbilt UConn is uh, a fascinating. You do not want to uh, see for, that. I do, I, Andy. I, I do. Realize, I, realize I will be watching we, that. We on the college football internet like to look like we're we're super cool and oh yeah, yeah baby, Vanderbilt UConn. Uh, I was I was at a Rutgers Virginia Tech bowl game that was. Probably the level of play was on par with what you're going to see this week. I'm telling you right now, no, <laughs> you won't. You the, the novelty will wear off after five seconds. I'll be uh, watching it. I will be watching it. I will be watching it. These opportunities only come once in a lifetime. All right, Andy, at 13, South Carolina. Somewhat them and I have Tennessee at 12. I think these are like somewhat competent teams, but just you know, I don't, they don't. They're not scaring anybody this year. Um, I think Tennessee has a little bit more capability with their offense to to beat someone that they shouldn't, but they haven't really done anything. Mississippi State, 11. Missouri, 10. We didn't talk about the Tigers. Uh, almost miraculous. Uh, I believe it was a 50... Was it a 51-yarder from Harrison Mevis? Uh, and they lost in overtime. 56? Well, listen. You, you've got Mississippi State way too low. Okay. Like... Mississippi State has a quality win against NC State. Remember, NC State just beat Clemson? Fair point. So, we think Georgia's win against Clemson is pretty good. So, NC State's is. So, you know, I, I don't want to go too transitive property on you here. But <laughs> you, you've got, like, Mississippi State should be just below LSU. Mississippi State should be bo- above Auburn. Because what has Auburn done? Fair point. But I think I just believe in Auburn long term a little bit more. I, the, the Penn State game impressed me. I... I yeah, but that, again, they'll they'll play and and we'll we figure will. it out. But I don't. It's a good. It's a fair point. I think uh, Auburn's. You know, people got mad at me last week for my. Uh, uh, I was more impressed with Florida hanging with Alabama than with Georgia beating Clemson. I feel like that take is aged. Okay. Okay. Oh, also, if we're going if we're going pure resume, Texas A and M should actually be below LSU and Mississippi. Yeah, that's that's. Texas A and M and Auburn should be well, yeah, right. I think there it's a matter together. of I, I think it's a matter of again. I was more impressed with Auburn hanging with Penn State, who I think is pretty good, than I was with Mississippi State beating NC State. Uh, fair or not? That's why. I, but why 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 is Texas A and M so for, four spots ahead of Mississippi State's and two spots ahead of ahead of Auburn when they've done? Ha, have they looked good at all? They have not. But other than I am not a uh, I'm not a a pure reputational guy, but I do like our colleague Ari Wasserman believe that stars matter, and A and M's roster. Okay, I like it, and their defense, the offense. They're they're A and M is not a fun watch. They are hard to watch this year, but the defense is pretty good, and we'll see. I, I think I think that will that will be sussed out over time. I mean, they they may rise past this point as the yes. season goes on. Like, let's say they beat Mississippi State, they beat Auburn, they beat, they'll they'll they could rise up to four or five or whatever by the end of the season. Yeah. But right now, their resume is not not as good. As it's not. A, I mean, this is the thing about these these power rankings is they're not a a pure resume. There's some uh, reputation as much as resume, especially early in the season. We'll see, uh, but time will tell. I 
Andy, you've been much higher on LSU than I have been. I've got them at eight. Is that fair for where the Tigers are sitting? I think that's very fair. I I don't know where I am on LSU. I, I was encouraged by some of the things I saw on Saturday, especially the, the kind of crispness of the offense where you know, instead of just bleeding the play clock, trying to get into the perfect play, they just ran the play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes you just got to throw it to Keyshawn Boutte and let him be Keyshawn Boutte. He's really good. There's the hype, the preseason hype, he had, about as much, very he had about as much as anybody this side of Bryce Young, and he's he's been and really, really good. Well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's outstanding. Yes. So. They need to get better defensively, but I, I liked what they did defensively against Mississippi State because it's not the easiest offense to deal with. You have to you have to play in a way that you don't probably don't typically play against mm-hmm. everybody else, and they handled it fine. So I, I am not as down on LSU as I was after the UCLA game, but I'm certainly not as high as I was on them before. I've got the Aggies. At, Let's see I've, what they do. The next I've got the weeks. Aggies above them at seven. I, I, I still think when Haynes King comes back, it's going to fix some stuff. Maybe I am too idealistic, but I think he can fix some things. I think his legs, giving them that running I threat, so I, I think that can that can help. Listen, he he won the job for a yes. reason. So I and it didn't think sound he, like he can, it was super close. Stuff. Also, so we'll see. Kentucky hanging at six, living off of uh, a fun offense and a win over Missouri. But again, like I said, undefeated. It's not that. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not been fun. The yeah, last undefeated few weeks, is so, undefeated. Uh, we'll, like, we'll see what they do against Florida. Ole Miss. Yeah, no, no, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, they can beat Florida and they'll jump, yeah. or they'll lose. If, if if they lose close to Florida, they'll stay where they are, and if they get dump truck, then and that top five, Andy. This is where we're getting into the upper crust. These are teams that I think are legit, very good. I think the SEC has five really, really good teams. Uh, and A&M might be one of those teams. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm not a full believer in Kentucky yet, but they can win their way in. Ole Miss at number five. Florida at number four. Arkansas, more of a resume thing at number three. Yeah. And then Georgia two, Alabama one. If I had to guess, I'd say Arkansas is probably closer to the sixth or seventh best team in the SEC, but you, you can't argue with resume at this point. They've looked really, really good. Uh <laughs> unless unless you want to go further down in the rankings where you're not worrying about no, resume. No, listen, you have to there's a there's a matter of resume and talent. I am going to you 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 asked me to yell at Fair you and, and what I'm saying is <laughs> just be you consistent. You have to focus on all those things. And with some people you have to lean on some things. It's not like a pure resume, it's not a pure reputation. Well, you do have to focus on all those things, but you've decided to focus exclusively on resume with Arkansas. It's not exclusively resume. Arkansas is a good team. They have a talent. They have Not on a resume at all like, with Mississippi listen, State. It's not like Arkansas Arkansas has no talent at all. It's not like they have no talent. They have a lot of really good players. Oh no, they're very talented. They're when when you put it in the, in the scope of the whole country, they're very talented. They're in, the twenty four seven composite has them in the tw- mm-hmm. in the twenties in in terms of overall talent. That's so, that's why I keep telling people Chad Morris didn't win, but he actually brought in some good players. Something Sam Pittman pointed yeah. out. I remember I interviewed Sam Pittman right after he got the job, and he pointed out there are players mm-hmm. here. Trust me, there are players here. And so, yes, they, they are. But in the grand scheme of the SEC, where are they in the, in the, in the talent? Above deposit? Mississippi State. 10th? Mm, yeah, probably yes. like that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. So, Well, Andy, I asked you to yell at me, and you have come through, and we should end there. This is going to be a fantastic week of ball games. The, the best week in the SEC by far. Kentucky, Florida. I mean, that's a huge game. We're going to learn a lot about those teams, and that's like the third best game. And then you have the Auburn LSU story, which is two pretty good teams as well, and that's like the fourth best game. And then, of course, 
Uh, Ole Miss, Bama. I mean, incredible ball game. I can't wait for that game. Uh, and then, of course, behind them. UConn Vandy, and baby. UConn, <laughs> UConn Vandy as well is in the mix. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Georgia, Arkansas, which kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, we'll see. We need to call that the Arkansas ceiling game because it's going to decide what their ceiling kind of looks like. So we'll see. Uh, Andy, thank you. It's been another good week of SEC football here on Football and Grits. Thank you for listening. If you want to make sure that this show is delivered automatically to your device every Monday, just subscribe to the Andy Staples and Friends feed. We'll be back here next week, sure with plenty to talk about. Uh, As we mentioned, there's some good ball games and some good stories this week, and we'll be here talking about it all. So that will do it for my co-host, Andy Staples. I am your host, David Ubbin. We'll see you again next Monday.